You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Green Bay Packers for the leap. A touchdown. A touchdown. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We have the wrong title on the stream. It doesn't matter in the immortal words of Bill Murray in Ghostbusters They came, they saw, they kicked its ass. The Green Bay Packers with 37 seconds left and no timeouts against a 49ers team that they had outplayed for, what, 59 minutes and and what's the math? Quick math, crap, whatever the math is. This Packers team, I, I tweeted out right before they were about to get the ball. I said, this would be, if the Packers lost, if... The Packers lost. Okay, we have to be very clear. I said, if the Packers lost, it would be the first time in the Matt LaFleur era that they would have lost a game in which they outplayed their opponent. And that is nearly impossible. Every team loses a game where they outplayed their opponent. Every team does that. But the Green Bay Packers had it in every loss. And I'm not going to harp on the losses, I promise. But in every loss, They had just gotten absolutely blown out of the building with two exceptions, the Eagles game, but that was a game where they they did not really deserve to win. They played really bad situational football, turned the ball over in the red zone twice, and they got the, the, the run defense got absolutely truck sticked by Dalvin Cook in that Vikings loss last season. Uh, I know that game was played in a wind tunnel in front of no fans, but they did not outplay the Minnesota Vikings in that game, uh, at least not not enough were you to say, oh, yeah, well, they, they blah, blah, blah. No, this game, Green Bay outplayed San Francisco from the jump. They go out 17-0, a special teams gaffe. Oh, someday, someday, the Packers will have a special teams uh, uh, unit That is not an embarrassment. Someday. I don't know when that game is. I don't know when that day is going to be. But theoretically, someday it will happen. Someday their prince will come and and fix that special teams unit. That makes it 17-7. And you go, okay. And then the 49ers, of course, come out right away. They score. And 17-14 feels like a deficit, even though it's not. Because all of a sudden, the defense, which had been playing really well to that point. In fact, before the special teams blunder, they looked like they were going to go four straight shutout quarters. They were going to pitch a shutout from the second half of the Lions game into the first half of this 49ers game. And they couldn't quite do it because the special teams let them down. In the second half, the 49ers got some things going. Trey Sermon became a little bit more a part of of what they were doing. They were able to get Debo Samuel and George Kittle involved a little bit more. And Jimmy Garoppolo, credit Jimmy Garoppolo. Green Bay and Joe Barry, I thought Joe Barry mixed his pressure packages really nicely. I thought that they they, uh, won a lot of battles up front. And Jimmy Garoppolo, with at last second, was able to get the ball out and find a receiver. 
And he deserves a lot of credit for that. I thought he played pretty well, all things considered. Now he had the fumble, but that was a play where Kenny Clark just sunned his guy. And Kenny Clark was a monster in this game. Kenny Clark was the guy that you paid all that money, that you paid a top of market, nose tackle type salary to. That's what he was in this game. That's what you need him to be. And he also had the interception to Jair Alexander, which the Packers were not able to fully capitalize on. And that was a big a big play in this game. The officiating, now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now because they won. The officiating was horrible. It was unbearable. It was heinously inconsistent. And I didn't think it was officiated well both ways. I mean, there were some questionable calls on the 49ers too. But I mean, to miss the hit on Devontae Adams, inexcusable. Some ticky-tack. I mean, I thought Eric Stokes got called for two ticky, ticky, ticky tack pass interference calls. I thought there could have been a grounding call twice. Um, If that Garoppolo fumble was not a fumble, that's a grounding call. So it's either a fumble or a grounding call. Luckily, they got it right, and it was a fumble. The Packers came out, and and whatever curse you think exists of their California, whatever, I don't buy into that. They ended it because they came out firing in this game. They came out, they got the ball, and they said, we're going to score. They did. Now, San Francisco deferred, so it wasn't like Green Bay made that decision, but maybe that's something moving forward they're going to do. What I thought was really smart for the Packers is they went to so much quick game. And at one point, Aaron Rodgers was like 16 of 16 on throws under two and a half seconds. He was getting the ball out because Josh Nijman is out there and Yash is matched up against Nick Bosa most of the night. Now, he actually handled his business for the most part. Rough, rough early on, had some mistakes, uh, but the Packers were able to come out. They get the field goal on the opening drive. They get the touchdown. It's 10-0. It gets to 17 nothing, and this offense looks like they are rolling. I mean, and they were. Now they didn't. They didn't end rolling per se. They had some miscues, some penalties, scuttled drives. Nijman he had it single handedly, both literally and figuratively, scuttled the drive uh, on the field goal drive to start the game. But as the game went on. They ran the ball, not effectively. Um, you know, the final stat line is, is nothing to write home about. 100 yards on 25 carries. That's a, a nice four yard per carry average. But they mixed it up. And when they needed to get short yardage, they did. When they needed on second and eight, they needed to pick up four to stay on track. They did. Do I love run plays in those situations? No. But they were effective. And so... Any questions about this team's mental state? And remember, after week one, I was not asking those questions. I was saying those questions are fair. And and they invited those questions, or at least Aaron Rodgers did. It's it's time to move on. It's time to move on. And of course, this all comes in the backdrop of Ian Rappaport reporting about the 49ers. They were the team, Aaron, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You go out and win a game like this. Week one, now we just get to throw week one out because San Francisco... San Francisco is a damn good football team. This is a really good team that the Packers just went on the road on a short week and beat without their starting left tackle and without their all-world left guard who had been playing kind of like their starting all-pro left tackle. So now you're shuffling bodies around. 
against Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and D Ford and all of these guys. And, and D'Amico Ryans is the defensive coordinator. They got Fred Warner back there who Rogers has said is, is one of the toughest guys to have to play against because of the speed. And Rogers made some throws that were absolutely silly in this game. Silly. I mean, the first, the, the slot fade to Alan Lazard for 42, beautiful, beautiful ball placement, terrific play, terrific play, a couple back shoulder darts to Devontae Adams. You've got the touchdown to MVS, unbelievable throw on the corner route where you, it's over the fingers of, of one defender and, and out of the reach of another. And he had a couple throws like that in this game. I mean, Rogers ball placement for as wonky as it was in week one, and, and he still missed a throw here and there. It's not going to be perfect, and we don't have to, the, the bar is not set at perfect, perfect. It's not set there because no one is going to do that. But he was very good. Now, there was a drive in the second half where they have the lead and it felt like they were playing like they didn't have the lead. And it was three straight, three straight throws, including two shot plays. And it's just like, can can you not? Like, this is, this is not what it has to be. Make San Francisco use some of their timeouts, what they ultimately didn't have to use at the end of the game. But maybe they call those plays differently knowing, hey, we don't have timeouts. Maybe you play all of that a little bit differently. I don't, I, we don't we don't know, but Green Bay didn't force the issue there. This was a litmus test. This was a litmus test for the Green Bay Packers. We didn't know how good they were after they beat the Lions. Now, the Lions gave the Baltimore Ravens everything they could handle and a 66-yard field goal, a, a record-setting field goal was required in Detroit for the Baltimore Ravens to beat Detroit. And, and, you know, the Saints have looked good two out of the three weeks, one week against the Packers, not the next week. And then, and then they, they beat the Patriots soundly, a team that has a very good defense and is coached by the greatest coach of the modern era. So maybe you start to look at week one and just say, okay, that's a little weird. Then they handled a Lions team that's going to fight every week despite their talent deficiencies. And then they just beat a very good 49ers team, a 49ers team we fully expect to be in the playoffs, a 49ers team that was the co-favorite to win the NFC West, a division that also features the Rams, the 3-0 Rams, who had the signature win of the season on Sunday through three games. This is the signature win of the Green Bay Packers season, but that's not how this works. So getting stealing a win like this is like making up for that week one loss. Because when we talked about the schedule coming in, we talked about this game. And I said, I can't in good conscience pick the Packers to win this game because I think the 49ers are a playoff team. I think they're really good. I think they're really well coached. And I think the matchups dictate that you have to pick the, the 49ers here. They were three and a half, four point favorites, depending on where you looked. And I thought Green Bay would cover. I didn't, I didn't think they would win, but I certainly did not think it was beyond the realm of possibilities. We said... When we did our crossover, this was going to be a great game and it was going to come down to a last possession. It did come down to a last possession and Mason freaking Crosby. I mean, this wasn't quite Dallas in 16 against the Cowboys, you know, in Jerry World and Rodgers to Jared Cook and all that. But to come down with 37 seconds left and no timeouts and in two completions to the only guy they're going to throw to. I mean, the only guy they're going to throw to. Devontae Adams. He gets open 
twice to set up this field goal and Crosby nails it. And I just, I think this is, this is really important context. There was a time when it seemed like Mike McCarthy was holding on too long to Mason Crosby. And he showed faith in Mason. And Crosby is going to be a no doubt Packers Hall of Famer when he hangs it up. And has become one of the most reliable kickers, not named Justin Tucker, in the league. The guy is unbelievable. He's been clutch. He's been solid. He's been steady. He's been everything they needed him to be. And there was a point in his career where we were going, you got to move on. Devontae Adams, who had a monster game, who takes a vicious shot, a shot that absolutely should have been a penalty, not just a penalty, I thought should have been an ejection. In college, it would have been an ejection. And the NFL, by the way, they have the discretion to kick a player out for that stuff. They didn't do it. They chose not to do it. I wish they'd made a different decision, but they didn't. And Devontae Adams, God bless, was able to come back in the game and make these plays. But there was a time, and by the way, he remembers those times where there were fans going, hey, maybe Jeff Janis should be playing ahead of Devontae Adams because he's really struggling. He comes out and he has this big moment. And, and you know, Aaron Rodgers early in his career, we're going, I don't know if this guy's it. I was one of those people. His first couple of preseasons, first couple of game actions against the Ravens. I mean, he was terrible. And I was just like, well, they screwed this one up. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong about that in the moment because players improve. And, and I, the reason I add this context is there's a, there's a lot of players on this team and on every team who can and will get better. And we need to remember that these big moments do not come in a vacuum. They have to be created. And Aaron Rodgers said something that I thought was really important. And it's related to this point that I'm making here. He said on, I believe it was on Pat McAfee's show, that even though this team is a back-to-back NFC conference title game participant, not winner, but participant, a back-to-back 13-3 and team, a back-to-back division title winner, that every team needs to learn every year how to win. That every team needs to go on that journey every season to refigure out, okay, this is what it's going to take for us this year to win. This team is figuring that out. And this is the kind of moment that if there were issues in the locker room, If there were questions, if there were doubts, if there were doubts after week one, no one could have blamed them, right? No one could have blamed them after week one if you're just going, man, maybe, maybe we're not as good as we thought. Now, there are, are, you know, 53 alphas in that room. Everyone thinks that they're the best and everyone thinks that their team is really, really good. They thought they had a Super Bowl team and, and it would be normal. It would be human. It would be profoundly human for them to say, maybe we are not what we thought we were. Well, after this, they know at the very least, and maybe they're not a Super Bowl caliber team. We don't know yet. But to get a win like this, you're going, okay, we can take on anything if we do it together. Because it wasn't just the offense that made plays. It was the defense that made plays too. And the combination of those two things, the complementary football, did the defense make the plays that they needed to do late in the game to win? No. But did they make plays? Yes, absolutely. 
Have they made improvements over last year? We'll see. I think there was a lot to be encouraged about on this defensive performance, and we're going to talk about that in a second. And, and you still know that there is the ultimate trump card sitting in your back pocket. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, when the game matters, it doesn't matter what the coverage is. You can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them, and the 49ers couldn't. And you add Mason Crosby, who's become one of the most clutch kickers in the league. Then you get a thrilling, a thrilling 30 to 28 win, which the Green Bay Packers got on Sunday night. Hey, Packers fans, this is Peter Bukowski. Of course, with an incredible app, everyone who buys gas needs to know about GetUpside. My listeners are taking up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Why would you do that? Get cash back at GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents Per, per gallon, per gallon, cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month, a month in cash back and the cash gets added right back to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gifts card, Amazon, whatever you want. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one spot for all your college and pro football action this season. New updated site, new interface, even with odds, props, contests, all kinds of things. Vegas casino games, those are fun. BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football, but they also have boxing. They've also got golf, a thrilling Ryder Cup victory this past season. I happened to be at Whistling Straits on Saturday. It was E. Electric bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and use that promo code locked on to get that 100% welcome bonus. Here we are, game three, and I don't think Kevin King is getting his job back. I that's where we are, and and for 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 everyone, this needs to be said. Unfortunately, for everyone who got very excited about him being sick, he didn't get to play, uh, that that sort of danced on his proverbial grave over the illness, don't do that. Just don't do that. It's, it's dumb and bad. Eric Stokes is going to play well enough that it's going to be okay. And he did in this game. Was he perfect? No. Did he make some nice plays? Yes. Did he get called for some impossibly soft DPIs? Yes. But here's the thing. The, the way you judge a rookie corner is not did he make every play he could possibly make? It is, was he in position to make plays at all? And, and Eric Stokes was consistently, he was consistently in a position to make plays. He did not make every play, but he was consistently in position. And this was a trade of Jair Alexander. The interceptions eventually came for Jair. They're coming again this year, but if you're in position to consistently make those plays, you are going to start making them. And we should have all been concerned, myself included. I'm going to take the mea culpa on this. When Josh Jackson could not make plays on the ball in the regular season, he was not in position with any sort of consistency to make plays on the ball. Stokes is never beat badly, even when he's beat or even when he allows a completion. He is in 
position. And and even on that George Kittle play where where Jair gets the, the pick, he's quote unquote beat, but only because it's by design where the safety gets sucked up and Kittle gets to run to green grass. Stokes is in his hip pocket. A perfect pass. A perfect pass gets to, uh, you know, maybe maybe get a completion, but it also allows Jair Alexander to, to come across and make a great play. It is easy to look at the second half and go, well, they gave up 21 points in the second half. They gave up 14 consecutive. And when they needed to get a stop late in the game, they couldn't get one and just say, okay, well, except they also created a pair of turnovers and the officiating was objectively terrible. It was so bad. It was so bad. And luckily, we don't have to do the thing where we blame the loss on the officials. But it was really bad, and it almost cost the Packers the game. It almost cost the Packers the game. So let's just move move beyond that because they won. Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark was a dude in this game. He was a dude. And from the jump, and Alex Mack is one of the best centers of his generation. And Kenny Clark consistently won that battle. And against the guards that he faced, he consistently won that battle. This, this, this group started to get more pressure. Joe Barry, I thought, did a really good job of mixing his pressures. He would bring pressures, five-man pressures, six-man pressures. He'd he'd bring them from deep. He'd bring them from the corner. He'd bring them from the sides. And they didn't get, you know, a a ton of sacks. The the sack productivity, they get three sacks. Their first three player sacks of the season. But they hit Jimmy G 11 times. They hit Jimmy G 11 times officially. And they batted away six passes. Six passes defensed. Making plays. This was the best pass blocking team in the league through two weeks. The best. And without your best pass rusher, you go out there and you hit Jimmy G 11 times. You force him into the interception. You force him into the fumble. That fumble does not happen without pressure. And I thought the Preston Smith um, uh, hit, I guess, hurry hit. Uh, where where Jimmy G just dirts one over the top of Preston Smith. I thought that that, at least by the spirit of the rule, is grounding. I understand that, uh, you know, it it will be uh, the, the, the letter of the law says, okay, he's contacted and it affects his throwing motion. Yes, but he only starts to throw it and throws it clearly into the dirt because Preston Smith is in his grill. So the spirit of the rule, which is to not allow quarterbacks to throw the ball to no one in order to avoid a sack, says that that's grounding. Okay, so defensively, you start to get your front rolling. They tackled really well once again. Was it perfect? Again, no, that's not the bar. But Devondre Campbell making plays led them in tackles again. He had 12 tackles in this game, six solo. We saw Darnell Savage start to fly around a little bit more. And we start to, we start to see okay, Preston Smith stepping up. Rashawn Gary made a couple timely plays even though down to down we didn't we didn't see maybe the impact that we were hoping for. So, 
the defense to me is showing some signs of life here. Some signs of life. I thought the approach was really smart. They, they, first of all, they were them. They didn't get out of what they wanted to be. They didn't do what Mike Patton did in the NFC Championship game and said, okay, we're going to play a bunch of base and we're going to try and play that way because you're not putting your best players on the field when you do that. And I I thought just fundamentally that was a a mistake of approach. In this game, the Packers said, we're going to be who we are. We're going to play plenty of base. We're going to play plenty of nickel. And on third down, especially, we're going to bring pressure. And remember last week, I said what I wanted to see the Packers do was come out and blitz, blitz Jimmy G. And they did. This was this was by far, I think, the most sustained extra rushers that the Packers brought in a game this season. I know it's only been three games, but I think this is a, a formula that works for them, especially if you're going to play two deep safeties and especially if you're going to have, you're not going to have Zedaria Smith for a while. You need to have those extra guys. You need to, you need to be able to bring those extra guys and say, we are willing to trust the coverage behind, which I thought for the most part was really good. We did not see busts. Remember the last, the last couple of years against the 49ers, there have been busts, just like plays where no one is anywhere near a, a, the intended receiver, nowhere near them. We're not seeing that. And that's not something that we've really seen through three weeks. The Packers are not busting, busting coverages where guys are running wide open. Now, you know, there's some coverage breakdowns, you know, in the red zone last week, some guys got open, but they're not, you know, wide ass open running down the field. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of thing. So we'll see what the future of Kevin King is as this team move forward. Uh, We'll see what Chris Barnes' future is. He looked like he took uh, a a shot to the head. He was in concussion protocol. Hopefully he can go uh, coming up this week. We'll see if Devontae Adams has any lingering effects. You know, sometimes there can be a J curve on these things. If you've ever uh, heard of that, it's something that happens with, with drunk driving too. Where initially there's not anything wrong, no uh, no outward signs of trauma, and then the next day you wake up and your head is spinning, um, migraines or whatever. There there could be signs of trauma, so um, it, it is uh, something just to keep an eye on here because the Packers are going to need Devontae Adams, and we saw how special he is and what he brings to the table each and every week. So um, th- there there are going to be some question marks with injuries coming out of this. But for the most part, the Packers did what they needed to do, and they did it in absolutely thrilling fashion. I think there's the offense is going to be fine. I mean, they scored 30 points on a very, very good 49ers defense, a mostly healthy 49ers defense, some cornerback issues, of course. But the front was healthy, and that was supposed to be the thing. The front was supposed to be the thing that would dominate this game, and the Packers offense was able to find uh, ways to circumnavigate it, to circumvent it, circumnavigate uh and and Magellan are we doing Magellan uh and to mitigate it and and I think that is that is something that that speaks to their ability to problem solve and if you're going to be a Super Bowl team you have to be able to problem solve does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone because of course you are and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for some other stuff 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to find finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, our limited time flavor, cookie dough chunk. All of the limited flavors have been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, We had grasshopper cookie. That is my personal favorite. Coconut brownie. um, Another uh, top two. Top two, not two. I don't know. Maybe they're tied for first unbelievable flavors to go with your base flavors, your peanut butter brownies, your double chocolates, your salted caramels, your coconut almonds, your cherries, your raspberries, your coconuts. Everything is high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Do I know how they make them taste so good? No, I don't. But I do know that they do taste so good. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. I, I, I want to say one more thing about this game because it has to be said. The offensive line in this game was un. Believable. And not because they were great or perfect. They were unbelievable because to go into that environment, you've got Josh Nijman, who is an undrafted free agent, no meaningful NFL snaps to his record. And he goes out and starts in San Francisco against Nick Bosa. John Runyon Jr. making his first start. And this is something we'll talk more about this week, I'm sure. As the preferred starter at guard, the preferred starter at left guard. I think he earned that job last week. His first snap as a preferred starter, his first start as a preferred starter in San Francisco. And he's got to deal with Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and those boys. Josh Myers is a rookie making his first true road start of his NFL career. Ditto for Royce Newman. So four of your five offensive linemen are making essentially their first start. Now, now John Runyon Jr. played last year in, in a month's worth of games when Alton Jenkins was filling in for Corey Lindsley. Wasn't the preferred starter that was for injury. Now, he's still not he's still not technically the preferred starter because if, if everyone were healthy, he wouldn't be starting. Not the point. In this moment, he is the guy that they want starting because Alton Jenkins, who's playing left tackle, is also hurt. So you have Nijman come in and acquit himself well. The Packers with Matt LaFleur are able to find ways to get Nick Bosa blocked. Mercedes Lewis did it one-on-one a couple times. Robert Tunyon took his soul, took his soul on a play. Absolute just check into the boards, put him on his ass. That's three, that's three A-bombs in this, in this uh, episode. And even Alan Lazard on the touchdown run from Aaron Jones gets him blocked, just sort of puts his shoulder in him, gets in the way, gets him moving, and Aaron Jones works off the movement. An unbelievable performance to do it in no huddle. 
Guess what? We didn't talk about that either. A little no huddle, a little sugar huddle. That tempo. We talked about it last week. Let's see it. Let's see it as a change of pace. Let's see them get an opportunity to let Rodgers figure it out. And that's what that's what they were doing. A lot of five-man protection. Make the coverage. Declare what they're doing, where they want to be, and let Rodgers work. Now, I said, stay with who you are. And they were still able. They were still able to maintain their identity. A ton of pre-snap motion. Now, not as much play action as you would normally see. And I think, I think the reason they did that is because they didn't want deep drops and two-man routes because that is a recipe for Rodgers having to throw the ball out of bounds because if you go deep drop, play action theoretically abates the pass rush a little bit. But if you're getting beat cold by Nick Bosa and you're in the face of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they didn't call the boot flood concept once. If you want to keep that stuff in your back pocket, if you can use it later, like maybe late in the game, if they had the lead, they would have busted out one of those little boots to pick up the first down. They were still able to do it and stay in their identity. Now, there were times when I thought Rodgers got a little aggressive trying to push the ball down the field, but at the same time, I came into the game going, they have to be able to challenge the 49ers deep when they play single high safety because the 49ers have said, we're going to play single high. We don't think you can beat us. We're going to put the extra defender in the box. We're going to stop Aaron Jones, and we don't think you can beat us. And Aaron Rodgers has said, bet. And last year, that won. That beat them. Rodgers was patient in this game. Patient in this game. When the run is there, when they're playing the two deep boxes, six and seven man boxes, you got to run the ball. And then when they get the opportunity to get that single high, take your shot. Hit Lazard on a shot. Hit MVS on a shot. Hit Devontae Adams on a shot. When you're hitting those, the game looks so different. So different. Patient, patient, hit your shots. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, and when you have Devontae Adams, and then you have the complimentary pieces. I mean, Al Lazard has not been a big part of this passing game to date. And they're able to get him off in this game. Don't. And and they have MVS, who's a great down-the-field threat. He gets going in this game. This was by far his most productive game of the season. Three catches, 59 yards, and the score on just an absolute, uh, an absolute dime. Laser shot, again, over one defender and around another. It was like a scene from, from Wanted. I mean, that that throw was incredible. The, the Both throws to Devontae, and he had Devontae, by the way, another time on the third and 10 in a, in a, a, a potential conversion that could have iced the game and just overthrew him. So again, it wasn't perfect, but they were, they were finding those openings deep and they were only able to do it because they blocked it up. The best transition fade thrower in the history of the league, three-step go balls is Aaron Rodgers' speciality. Devontae Adams is the best in football at playing those because it's either back shoulder or it's over the top. He can win deep or he can win just with leverage, hands, and and balance the way that Jordy Nelson used to. It was just like if it's third and eight, this is this is over because if if the DV if the DB is even, he's leaving. And if he plays over the top, it's back shoulder and it's a first down all day. That duo is going to be so 
tough to beat moving forward. And that's why when you get, when you add that to the strides the defense made, this is, this is a great win. This is a great win. One of the better regular season wins in the Matt LaFleur era. One of the be- better better regular season wins of the last few years with Aaron Rodgers. And it is absolutely something that they can build on as they try and make a Super Bowl push. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe to The Leap. Subscribe to Locked on Packers on YouTube at any time you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.